All right, let's go live right away. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. A uh, question about getting back to 500 here at this point in that Christmas. It's, uh, you know, it's nice to see the guys get rewarded for some of the work they put in over the last month. Um, when it wasn't looking so good, and, and I'm referring more to Toronto and, and even Nashville at home here, they could have let it get away from them. They didn't do that. They, uh, they stuck with it. So uh, all we've done is scratch to, back to the surface. And um, got a long road ahead of us, but we're starting to reel in a few teams, and um, we've got to catch them one at a time. And you can only do that by playing good hockey, and we've done that for uh, three, three and a half weeks now. Todd, is this the best Leon's played in a while? Leon was terrific tonight. He was very good. Um, I thought that line was excellent. Um, everybody played to their strengths. Leon face-offs, Leon vision and size, holding people off. Um, JJ doing that as well. Uh, Stromer shooting the puck. Uh, felt good about playing them against anybody. and. Um, I thought they were our strongest line tonight. Now, when you're, you're going well, I mean, it's nice to have the Christmas break. Would you just like to keep rolling? Well, in my, in my opinion, we are really doing that. Um, every athlete in the league, every player in the league needs a little bit of time, and they deserve time with their family. So um, whether we're going good or bad or whatever, they deserve that time, and, and they've earned that time. So go and enjoy their families. Let's come back on the 27th and uh, try and put a good game on the ice there in, in Winnipeg and uh, see if we can keep it going. Todd, Leon had a lot of success on the right wing last year, of course, with Connor. He felt his game has picked up since he's gone back to center. just feels he's moving better. He's free wheeling a little bit more. Do you see that? I know you'll switch him up every now and then. Oh. But is this a guy now you feel long-term? Well, your team is a center. I don't know if it's the positional thing. It could have something to do with it. But I, I think Leon is skating much better than he was. Um, I think Leon's physical on um, offense now. And, and what does that mean? It doesn't mean forechecking and running over D-man. Holding people um, off when he's got the puck and creating space for his teammates and line mates. Um, you know, he's doing more of that than he was in the past. And he's a tremendous player. Um, he's slowly reaching potential this year. And uh, we need him to take the team over on some nights. And tonight was one of those nights. Todd, you're playing the Jets, and you haven't seen them in a long time. What do you expect from them? They've been oh, very well. One of the top teams in the league. Um, you know, a record at home that is second to none. Um, they play with a lot of energy there. Um, you know, that game in Winnipeg, you're getting me to think ahead now, but it, it's, a, it's always a concerning game uh, when you start on the road after Christmas, especially with the type of day we're going to go through. Uh, really, really early morning flight. We're going to fly there, and then we're going to practice, uh, get a skate in there before we play. And um, it, uh, it'll affect everybody, but it'll be a good character test for us. And um, if we want to continue to build, we've got we've to come up with one in their building. So no better time than now. Todd, you're never going to be mad at a player for, for going out and blocking a shot. <coughs> obviously an unorthodox way in how he blocked it. Uh, a lot of people wonder if, you know, there's been too many, too much emphasis on blocking shots in the NHL. When you see a superstar player, even if he doesn't get injured from it, is, is that just part of it? Or do you cringe? Would you rather McDavid not block a shot? No, I'd rather him block a shot. That's when you're on a team and it's not fair for certain individuals to have to block and then others not to. Um, that shot should have been blocked by everyone and when your captain does it now it's pretty powerful I don't think you'll see a lot of our guys avoiding it 
Your question, I think, is alluding to his stature or status as one of the top players, not only in our team, but in the league. And you never want to see a player um, get hurt when they have that stature, but they have to play the game. They have to play the right way. It's no different than him attacking the net and, and um, you know, getting dinged up some other way. It's part of the game. And um, there'll be a big debate about it now for the next four or five days and whether he should or shouldn't be. Um, he instinctively went to that lane and did what he always does. Okay. Merry Christmas, you guys. All right, that's head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. The Oilers beat the Canadians 4-1. Connor McDavid has had x-rays. They are negative. His foot is sore. The Oilers expect him to play Wednesday in Winnipeg. So good news with 2.12 to go. Uh, pardon me, with 2.30 to go, McDavid blocked a shot. Looked like it went off the inside of his right foot. He was down. He hobbled off the ice. Was helped down the tunnel to the dressing room, but it looks like he will be okay. Thanks a lot for tuning in this evening. Hey, the Oilers have won four in a row. They're up to 500 on the season, 17-17-2. Leon Dreisaitl had three assists tonight, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. So, let's. Uh, it's funny, Rob. Remember when we were talking about blocking shots before the game? <laughs> yes, we, we were. Didn't, we didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, what, I mean, McClellan said it. I mean, he basically said what you and I have talked about. That is now how the game of hockey yep. is, is played. And McClellan referenced there, if your captain does it, if last year's leading scorer does it, no one else can say that they're not going to be in the lane to block. And and if he doesn't do it, then there's fingers pointed. Why is he out in that position if he's not going to block a shot? I remember when I was in Pittsburgh years and years ago, uh, our coaching staff called us in at the beginning of the se season. They showed us some video of, of Stevie Iserman blocking shots in exhibition season. And he, there's a, a little clip of about five or six times that he went down in exhibition season to block shots, and he's like, all right, here's one of the best players in the world right now in games that don't count doing the right thing, laying, putting his body on the line. So I would expect that you players in the regular season who are not at the same stature as him should be able to do the same thing. And it really uh, hit home with us, and we're like, oh, God, if, if Stevie Wise doing that, it's going to look pretty stupid if I flamingo. So uh, it, you always cringe when uh, any player gets hit, but especially someone uh, that is as important to the team as Connor McDavid. But Connor will tell you the same thing, that next time he has the opportunity, he's going to do the exact same thing. He's going to go down. That's part of the game. I know that a lot of players nowadays have those things that are over top of their skates, kind of more protection. Right. I don't think Connor does. I think more defensemen. More defensemen, because a lot of the guys, a lot of the defensemen are getting hit in the feet when they're not even looking, because they're battling in front of the net and pucks hitting them in the side of the feet. Uh, nowadays, I think that's where most of the injuries come from, is from blocking shots, because the, the game's not near as physical as it used to be. It's not as dangerous with with the sticks and and the the high hits. But the one way you can get injured nowadays when guys are shooting 100 miles an hour and everybody's blocking shots, especially for players that don't do it consistently or aren't known for their, their shot blocking, sometimes they go down in different and awkward angles. Uh, hopefully, as they said, it's nothing serious and we a uh, couple days of ice and rest will be fine and be ready to go in the second part of the season. So the Oilers take it 4-1, Rob. I, I think 
for most of this game, the Oilers were the better team. Certainly the first 30 minutes, Montreal played well enough to make it interesting. So, I, Though I will say this, without Antti Niemi in the third period, I think the Oilers really could have pulled away. He was good. You know, that's the one big question mark they had coming into this game. You know, no carry price. How is the backup going to do? He played well. I think the Connor McDavid goal... Uh, probably should not have gone in a wrist shot from that high out I know he was screened but he probably should have made himself bigger on that one but there was a number of great scoring chance with breakaways shots in front of the net uh, one-timers and he played very very well the, this Montreal Canadian team I don't think is as deep as it needs to be and when you're missing a player like Shea Weber and that poor kid that came in tonight and played what was his name on oh, defense? Uh, 36. Brent, Brent Learnout. Learnout. Uh, 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 he was in over his head. And maybe this kid eventually will become a... Fourth uh, NHL game. Yeah. So he was in, and he played a lot early against the Leon Dreisaitl line. And he, he was struggling. He looked like a, a kid that was playing in his fourth game and was probably uh, a step or two behind. So when you take a, a Hall of Famer out of your lineup, a, a Canadian Olympian out of your lineup, and you put this young kid in, there were some mismatches out there. The Oilers are playing very well. The Montreal Canadiens uh, weren't as strong, and I think the result was exactly what you would have expected. The Oilers were the better team and got the, the two points. 4-1, Leon Dreisaitl, three assists, Rob. Seven assists over the course of a four-game point streak. He's, he's playing well. He, he, he's moving the puck well. And when you are a playmaker, uh, you can make great plays and not always get rewarded because the puck doesn't go in the net. Uh, the, as I think it was Kara said after the game, we're getting the breaks now. The puck, we're getting some puck luck. And that's what the Oilers need. And there were times when, I mean, great plays were being made. You're setting players up, but they weren't putting the puck in the net. But you stay with it. You don't get frustrated. Leon hasn't. And his line has got some chemistry going right now. And it's, it, it really, he's playing with two guys that really underachieved and underperformed early in the season. Everyone was, I mean, Jujar was in the press box because he was playing poorly and was up there for six, seven games. And Ryan Strom, I mean, our, our talk show at night, there was a lot of calls. How could we have traded Jordan Eberle for this player? So he's got two underachieving players that now have meshed together, and they were, they were by far the best line on the ice tonight on either team. So that, that a lot of that is through Leon Dreisaitl driving them and those players picking their games up and complimenting them. Leon, the first star, McDavid, a goal and an assist. He's the second star. X-rays negative. He is expected to play Wednesday in Winnipeg. The Nuge, the third star, even though he wasn't on the score sheet tonight, one of his games, he's around the puck a lot in both ends of the rink. Our fourth star of the rink for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Rob, I got a thing I always like to pick the witty goaltender because it's easy. Uh, but Cam Talbot, I thought, uh, solid, and I'll give him some kudos he has won seven straight starts. That's a new personal best. Well, hey, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm also, I'm, Jujar Kara, how often does he have a goal and an assist and plus two in a hockey game? So I thought Kara was very good in the game. I know it was an empty net goal at the end, but he made a wonderful pass and a great play to Ryan Strom on the goal. So Talbot was good. Jujar Kara was good as well. Oilers take it 4-1. They've won four in a row. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll bring Marty on the open line. Marty, thanks a lot for calling. <laughs> I have a question I need to ask you guys, and the question is this. If a, if a football player gets injured, right, yep. do the, uh, does the medical staff have the right to take the guy out until the new year, or can they still bring him back this season? If a football player gets injured? Yeah. F- f- a player? Well, it's 
As soon as a player is healthy, a player gets to play. Yeah. Because the reason I asked the question is because of it comes to Aaron Rodgers for one thing. And uh, they were saying that they were shutting them down for the for the remainder. Yeah, because Green Bay's out of the playoffs. Thanks for calling, Marty. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Edmonton Oilers win four one over the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Rob, we wondered what the penalty killing was uh, going to be like in this game. Montreal worst road penalty kill. Oilers worst home penalty kill in the league. Oilers one for three on the power play. Canadians one for two. Well, yeah, that was something that you would expect when penalty killing units can't stop it. You're going to see pucks in the net. I thought the the Oilers power play was very good tonight. Uh, they scored the goal. They moved the puck around. They The one power play, they're in there for the almost the entire two minutes. Uh, they got chances. And then in the opposite end, it's kind of a fluky goal that went in against the Oilers penalty killing. It, uh, it was a high tip. And then bounced off the goalie, bounced off Shaw in the net. Uh, especially teams really didn't have to come up huge tonight for the Oilers because five on five they were just that much better than the Montreal Canadiens. And but going into the break, these things, these are things. And I know that Bob and Jack and you guys have talked about it a lot. If the Oilers want to be a, a playoff team and they want to be a playoff team that does something, their specialty teams must must get much better in the second half of the season. That's going to be uh, that's going to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers get it done 4-1 over the Montreal Canadiens, their final game before Christmas. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who had three assists tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30, Chad. Uh, well, the first question is, um, obviously, Connor blocked the shot. He came off and... Uh, the doctors have x-rayed it. They've came, come back negative. Um, his foot's a little sore, obviously, from blocking it, but he's in good spirits, and uh, the three days will help him, and I fully expect him to play in, in Winnipeg. All right, so there's the clip from head coach Todd McClellan on Connor McDavid. Didn't finish the game. Last two and a half minutes, blocked a shot, hobbled off, but nothing broken. So he should be good to go Wednesday in Winnipeg, and the Oilers win the game 4-1 over the Montreal Canadiens. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 824 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Gary on the phone line. Gary, thanks a lot for calling. Reed, Rob, season's greetings to both you gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. It's been a while since I called you guys. Um, yeah, just wanted to start off with the uh, the game. I uh, don't uh, Point out these bad things, but I think if they, uh, uh, if they would have won that faceoff, uh, Connor McDavid taking it uh, and got able to get the puck out of the zone, and he went up to block the shot. But I know that Connor McDavid is probably one of the areas in his game he wants to improve is his faceoff, especially on the defensive zone. Uh, There's one thing I wanted to say. The other is that uh, um, um, the uh, going forward with the um, before the new year, the next two games here, they start on a run here and chasing the uh, Western Conference team, especially in the Pacific, uh, trying to get some points. If we can try and, uh, if the Oilers can try and, uh, when they're playing the Western Division team, especially in the Pacific again, 
not to give up the extra sucker point, and that will help a lot too. I mean, we can't control, or they can't control the other teams ahead of them as far as their winning and losses. But if we, if the Oilers can, can put a consistent um, uh, more wins than losses, then uh, we have a better chance of getting the playoffs. And uh, yeah, well, that's right, Gary. I, I mean, they got a lot of games left in their own division. As it stands right now, they're four points out of the playoffs. Anaheim has the second wild card at 40. San Jose has third in the Pacific at 40. Uh, Anaheim crushed Pittsburgh tonight 4-0. San Jose is playing now. So just checking the other permutations here. Yeah, they'll be Yeah, they'll be four out, Rob, because Anaheim nobody else is playing later except for San Jose. So worst case scenario, they'll be four out of the wild card. You got four games against Anaheim, three against San Jose, four against Los Angeles, three against Calgary three against Vancouver and three against Vegas. No, I mean, the, the Oilers are, are back in it. They still have a lot of work cut out for them. Um, but they had a, a short-term term goal, uh, get to 500 by Christmas. They did that. Coming out of the break, they have a tough schedule coming out of the break. They got uh, two games against Winnipeg, I believe one against Chicago. Teams that, I mean, Chicago, they're fighting for their playoff spot as well. I believe they're on the outside looking in too. That'll become a very important game. Uh, But I've said all along, I believe that the Oilers team was better than they had shown. I felt that they were going to be a playoff team. I still believe they will. But they can't have a blip. Uh, Their blip, their, their struggle was at the beginning of the season, and every team has a struggle. Well, the Oilers have had theirs. They can't afford another one. they just got to continue to play the way they're playing, and they will get the results. The, the effort they put forward tonight, the details they put forward tonight, uh, the work ethic, all those things are, are very good. And if they put that in with a consistent basis, game in, game out, they're going to win more than they're going to lose, and I think that's all that uh, the organization and the coaching staff wants from them. 4-1, the Oilers take it tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, three assists. His post-game remarks for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. You guys had said all along that your goal was to get the 500 by Christmas. So it must be a, just a big boost for you guys to, to reel off four in a row to get there. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think we've been playing some really good hockey lately. and um, you know We've been back to... To playing the way that we played last year and um, you know we have all four lines going right now and um, you know it's nice to take that into the break. Yeah it's, it's awful. Uh, you know you you don't want that uh, anyone to happen to really uh, any player but especially him um, you know you don't you don't want to see that um, hopefully hopefully he's alright you had three assists tonight and your line has a ton of chemistry it looks like we just talked a little bit yeah um, yeah I think we complement each other well um, I think we all bring di- uh, different different things to the table and um, uh, you know it's been uh, it's been f- uh, a lot of fun playing with those two Leon you personally just you know not that your previous are bad but uh, in the last four games do you feel that you've elevated your play a bit and if so in what area uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I think ever since I've been um, uh, switched, switched to center. Uh, I think I've been on the uphill. Um, you know, obviously I had a stretch where I wasn't um, wasn't nearly as good as, as I have to be, and, and um, you know that's that's coming from myself. Um, you know, I'm pretty pretty um, pretty good at evaluating my, my own my own play. So um, I've just been trying 
trying to get back to to, to my game, playing my my, my style, and um, you know it's been it's been working lately. A lot of distractions. Read that's Leon Dreisaitl. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. Dreisaitl three assists. Oilers take down the Canadians four one as we check the advantage trailer rentals scoreboard. Vegas. Going to win again, up 3-0 on Washington with two minutes left. Neil Yakupov has his eighth of the season as Colorado leads the Coyotes 5-2 with seven minutes left. Eight minutes left in Dallas. Stars and Predators tied 3-3. Blues and Canucks scoreless early. Same deal for the Kings and the Sharks. Boston beats Detroit 3-1. Islanders knock off the Jets 5-2. Lightning shut out Minnesota 3-0. Florida beats Ottawa 1-zip. New Jersey over Chicago 4-1. Maple Leafs win 3-2 at the Rangers. The Ducks shut out Pittsburgh 4-0. Hurricanes knock off the Sabres 4-2. Blue Jackets squeak by the Flyers 2-1 in a shootout. More post-game reaction coming up. More of your phone calls. Oilers over Habs 4-1. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Up the right-hand side, dry subtle, tucks it in front, Kara drops it off, one-timer score, beautiful feed, and Ryan Strom buries it to give the Oilers a 1-0 lead, it's Strom's seventh with the Emmy down and out. That was a beauty to open the scoring, Connor McDavid scored two minutes later, Milan Lucic scored in the second period, Shaw got one back for the Habs, Kara ended it with an empty netter, 4-1. Edmonton over Montreal tonight at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Rocket on the line. Rocket, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Doing great. I'm, I'm just curious if you think that uh, maybe Peter Shirelli starts thinking a little differently about, you know, how you know, when, you're, when you're behind and now you're 500 and your team's on a roll, do you actually like start looking at like going out and getting picking on some teams like Ottawa that's suffering right now? But and what do you trying to get a guy like Hoffman? I don't. You're gonna have to give up a whole lot to get Hoffman, so it's not you're gonna. I don't know if the Oilers are deep enough to to. Well, what do you mean by a whole lot? I don't think they would have to give up a whole lot. You're Hoffman's gonna, one of their best players. You're not gonna have to give up, you know, Darnell Nurse or Oscar Kleff. Who do you think? Who do you think or, you can get Hoffman for? On the Oilers roster. Hoppin's one of their best players, Ottawa's. So who do you think they would take from the Edmonton Oilers? And he's got two more years left on his contract, does he not? Yes, he does. So who do you think the Oilers can give up and get Hoffman? Well, if they could trade a UFA like Maroon. They're not for Hoffman. And, uh, and a pick. Not a chance. Not a chance for a guy. They're going to lose Maroon at the end of the season. Why would they get rid of one of their well, best players? I'm just throw that out there. I, don't, I, I, I personally think a whole lot... If you're talking, you're going like to have to give a good player. player you're going to have to give a is, good player is, to get Hoffman. Is, is overstating it. If I, I completely disagree, di- disassembling their team. Yeah, but if you're disassembling, then you're not going to st- give away players for nothing. Well, then you then you might take a pick at a prospect. <sighs> I don't think so. Not for someone as good as Hoffman. I disagree. All right, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but I mean, they're not going to certainly not taking a UFA. Someone they're going to lose at the end of the season. No, probably not. But I, I don't. I mean, you're not going to have to trade uh, one of your top scorers. No, but you, I mean, like yeah. you wouldn't do that. No, you, no, the others wouldn't. Certainly, they wouldn't. No. no. 
But that's why I say I don't think you're going to get a player like Hoffman unless you give up something good. Unless you, I mean, I, I think that a cleft bomb or someone like that would certainly be in the mix. Really? Oh, well, what's Hoffman done? What did he have last year? He's a, he was a pretty good hockey player. Yeah, well, he is a good hockey yeah. player. He can shoot. Uh, he makes over $5 million, yeah. so that would figure into it. Uh, 26 last year, 29 the year before. So you got, I mean, that's... that's Nine a, this year in 34 yeah. games. Yeah, so he's having an off year with two more years left on his well, contract. Well, Ottawa's having an off yes. year. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone there, it's bad. But you're, if, if Ottawa's going to rebuild, if they're, gonna, they're not going to rebuild by giving good players away and getting back guys they're going to lose at the end of the season. Well... No, but I just wonder if there's something else that could be could happen there. That's I mean, a lot of the trades that happen are ones we we combinations we don't see coming. So, I, but here's the thing, Rob. You're not get your. I wouldn't trade for Mike Hoffman if you have to give up one of your no, better that's, players. That's why I said that I don't think the others are going to get Hoffman. Okay. Because I don't think they would trade one of their better players. Does the does the approach change? I don't think Shirley's approach changes. I think he you'll see where you're at near the deadline. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think all it, along I the Oilers felt that they were going to be buying at the deadline. I think they, the expectations uh, were that they were going to be a playoff team, and I think that I think every day he's looking to make his team better. If there's an opportunity, he will. I, I don't think uh, the start to the season <laughs> helped his his outlook on what was going to happen later in the year, but I think now he feels his team is playing well. And if there's... I mean, you, you've you added a player like Sekra to your lineup without giving anything up because right. he's come back from injury. Their defense is good. Their goaltending is settled as a number one goaltender. Uh, they've got three very good centers down the middle. I mean, obviously the one thing that they would love to f- pick up is someone that can score. Right. And everyone thought those players would be coming from Vegas. <laughs> Don't who think are, so. Who are, Who's uh, Vegas going to add? That's the thing right now. I mean, ve- and not only is Vegas winning, they're winning against good hockey clubs and outplaying them. They, they beat the Washington Capitals tonight 3 nothing. They beat Tampa the other night. Right. Like they're beating good hockey clubs, and it's and they're not beating them on the back of a goaltender who's standing on his head. They're outworking teams. They're outplaying teams. So I don't think uh, you. I, I for me in the first month of the year, I kept thinking, okay, at one point Vegas is going to wake up and realize, okay, we're an expansion team and we're going to start playing like normal expansion teams do. I think Vegas right now is waking up each day saying we're going to win this division. Yeah. And the way they're playing, they've got to certainly have a very good chance at doing it. So the the players like the Neals and, and that, who many thought would be available at the trade deadline, uh, certainly are not going to be. And Vegas is going to be picking up players like... Or they just keep going or with keep what they going have. They're, they four, have. they're 14 games over 500. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think this is a, a nice Christmas present to for the Vegas organization and their fans. Vegas hockey yeah. fans. They, for years, they've not had a playoff team, <laughs> and now they're well in the mix. Oilers win at 4-1. We have Tony on the open line. Tony, thanks a lot for calling. Many seconds, boys. So, um, you know, I'm on, honestly, I'm, I'm happy the fact that we're back to 500 because, as I said, my prediction is still coming true. It hasn't been broken yet, and I'm hoping that just because I say that, it doesn't. Um, the thing that kind of irritating me tonight was everybody was freaking out kind of about the fact that McDavid went down because of a blocked shot. But the last few games, we have proved that if McDavid is or isn't contributing, you can still win. That is, it's just irritating me because, you know, we, we're supposed to be, we're playing as a team now as before we were kind of basically depending on McDavid, but now we're showing the fact that we can actually play 
without him, even if he got bent down to injury. Do you guys think that even if he went down, we could still play the same way that we are now? Well, I think they'd... I mean, that's a big hole, but there's clearly more depth with... It's helped having the three centers on different lines. Now, with McDavid out, you'd have to push Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins up, but I, I guess Strom would go back to center. Well, McDavid, we should stress, if you're just tuning in and you saw the shot block, McDavid is not out. He is expected to yeah. play in the next game. And any player, any team in the National Hockey League loses its best player, they're not as good. It, they, better teams with better depth are able to survive, but no team is as good when their best player is out of the lineup. Oilers win it. 4-1. Sorry, Tony, we got to go downstairs here, courtesy of BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's one of the uh, good players for the Habs tonight, Brendan Gallagher. Fine energy in the first, uh, because, I mean, last night you certainly did in Calgary, but what was the difference there, do you think? Well, it's, it's kind of always the, uh, when you're playing back-to-back, so it's not, it's not the end of the game, it's more the beginning. It, you, know, you wake up, you don't really sleep, it always takes a little bit more time to get in the game. But, I mean, we understood that. You just got to play a little bit smarter. Um, you know, I actually thought the first 10 minutes we were okay, uh, weathered the storm, and then you know, the last 10 minutes they came up came at us with a lot of speed and we were on our heels, and that was probably the difference in the game. So we, you know, another thing to learn from, just understand that, uh, you know, you got to give yourself a chance to get in the game, chip pucks in, simplify your game a little bit, and, you know, hopefully try and get out of the period 0-0 and allow yourself to get into it. Looking at it now, um, you were able to get, I mean, if you go back to the Ottawa game, two wins out of four, but... It, it, I don't want to say it's good enough, but can you look at it in a positive light? Well, I think you, I mean, the start of the road trip, you know, we weren't happy with our effort in Ottawa. Uh, I thought we, were, we responded. We got a little bit better in Vancouver. In Calgary maybe played one of our best games of the year. And then tonight, you know, I thought we, I thought we battled. I thought we competed. It's just, uh, you know, we're playing a good hockey team and there's little key mistakes certain times in games and also you know we had our chances our goalie made some saves it's um, it's nothing to hang our head about about the effort it's just you want to get better results and we understand the difference were you impressed by the way your goaltender battled played unbelievable he made timely saves at huge times especially when you're when you're down two goals you're trying to make a push you can't give up the third and he made some some big saves obviously we had to we had to take some risks take some chances to create some offense and you know we were relying on him to make some big saves and he definitely stepped up and, you know it uh, i think everyone appreciates that they have a lot of rushes, though, and a couple of Yeah, a lot of those were at the end when we were taking chances. You know, there were a couple early in the first period. Like I said, the last 10 minutes when we got a little bit, yeah, when, when, when we got a little sloppy. And, um, you know, we'd like to sure up that. But like I mentioned, we just, uh, it took some time for us to feel our way into the game. Uh, and then once we, once we did, we got better at, you know, limiting their time and space. And then obviously at the end, we, we had to rely on Nemo to make some saves. All right, Scott Johnson working the Canadians' dressing room. That is Brendan Gallagher, an incredibly energetic and resilient player, was dangerous for the Canadians tonight. But overall, their lineup, quite frankly, I don't think deep enough. Nope. And the Oilers win at 4-1. Not deep enough. And players that they were counting on, like a Planets, didn't really notice him tonight. Uh, you and I talked about Pacioretty. Didn't notice him a whole lot tonight. Both games against yes. the Oilers. I, uh, Gallagher was by far the most noticeable player on, on their team. Uh, but outside of him, and I know that Jack talked about it before the game, and, and you mentioned it a few times, they don't create a whole lot in front of the net. They don't have a lot of players that drive the net. They're a perimeter team, and 
Perimeter teams don't usually have success in the National Hockey League. Gallagher is one of the few players that does go to the net and created, I thought, was one of the best chances of the game where he walked in and Talbot made a nice save on him. So Talbot, or excuse me, uh, Gallagher is one of those players that every team in the National Hockey League would love to have in their lineup. Oilers win at 4-1. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. Okay, we have Joanne on the open line. Hi, Joanne. Hello. Hi, Joanne. Hi. I just um, haven't got anything that I can tell you guys or ask you guys tonight. All I wanted to do was say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You're very much appreciated, and I look forward to hearing from you in the new year. Well, thank you very much. We wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas and a, a safe and happy holidays. Thanks, Joanne. We, we appreciate that. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to get for five, to get to five for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon. You take that coupon to Japanese Village. You get a free appetizer, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, Robert is on the open line as well. Hi, Robert. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. Well, I have a, I have a couple thoughts tonight on the game. My first one, the I thought the Oilers showed some good uh, good resilience tonight in the second period, and Montreal cut it to three one, and then the Oilers showed that you know, bend don't break mentality, and on didn't allow Montreal to get any closer before the end of the second, and and uh, I thought that was huge. No, you're right. I, if Montreal would have got another one there. It would have set up for a, a much more stressful third period. But the Oilers, once the third period started, the Oilers were the better team. Even though they were the team with the lead in the third, they had the better chances. And if there was a breakdown, Talbot stood tall. So it was a, it was a good game from start to finish for, for the Oilers tonight. Yeah, and on, on my uh, my second thought was on the on the uh, the defense tonight. I thought I thought uh, all all three pairings looked good, but I thought one of the one of the better defensemen on the ice was uh, Larson again, and but I also thought that Davidson looked pretty good too. Yeah, I, I mean, when you only give up the one goal, it means you're doing something pretty good in your own zone. Uh, the Oilers getting Sekra back that was a huge boost. And he's only going to get better the more he plays. There's usually a little, uh, it's like a roller coaster. The first game, two back, is good. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off when you start, you know, you get tired and the, the wear and tear just gets back on you. And then you start going back up again. Uh, he, he was good. And he, he looked confident. There was one time he dumped the puck and he was the first guy going in on the forecheck. So uh, the Oilers are a better lineup when he's in it. They'll be even better when they get Clefbaum back. And the fact that they have a Davidson now is their seventh D that gives them a little stronger depth if there are injuries going forward. Oilers take it 4-1 over Montreal. Tyler and Travis up next on the phones. You'll also hear from Cam Talbot. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Cross ice nurse. They'll send one over to Pugliarvi. Eventually reeled in by McDavid. Coming off the right half boards. Gliding high slot. Looking. Shooting. Scoring. Connor McDavid goals in back-to-back games. 
his 14th, ties him with Nugent Hopkins for the team lead. And it's 2-0 Edmonton. And the Oilers would go on to win 4-1 over Montreal. McDavid, a goal and an assist, blocked a shot late in the game. X-rays negative. He is expected to play in Winnipeg on Wednesday. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown at Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. We have Tyler standing by. Hello, Tyler. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's Tyler from Winnipeg. Love uh, listening to you guys all the time. It's been uh, awesome to get Brandon Davidson back off the waiver while here the last eight games. I think he's really upped his game and provided a good option back there. Uh, great problem to have coming back when Clefbaum comes back, hopefully here uh, in Winnipeg. But uh, what do you do with uh, Davidson or Banning? Uh, I know it's a good uh, seven man, but who, who gets the call going forward when Clefbaum comes back? My my thought is always uh, Davidson would be the one that would come out. I, I think that Benning has played well. Uh, Davidson, yeah, I think Davidson has played well too. Uh, last game, the, the one before this, he really struggled. Uh, Benning has been consistent. So to me, it's simple. It's Davidson would come out, and uh, he would be the first one in if you if there was an injury, if you needed a to to a wake up call, or if you needed someone to get a rest. And, and you feel pretty confident if he does come in, but to me, he's the seventh defenseman on this team. And Benning's on the second power play as it stands right now. Though I guess if Clefbaum were back, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think Benning's a better defenseman than Davidson. So that's that's why I have Davidson as number seven. Cool. Thanks, Tyler. Have a great Merry Christmas. Christmas. You too. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Cam Talbot. He has won his last seven starts. Let's hear from the Oilers goaltender. Two out of every three-ish on the rest of the season here to, to make the playoffs. Does that, it seems like a tall goal. Does this team look at that as a tall goal? Um, I don't think so. I think we get the, the group of guys in this room that have the belief that we can do it. I mean, we did it uh, all year last year. We wanted a two out of three pace, and I see no reason why we can't do that again this year with the way that we've been playing and turning things around. So um, there's a lot of belief in this room, and we're going to carry forward. Was the break a good time for you guys, or would you almost want to keep going? Does it, does it risk cooling you off? Is this not a hot streak? This is who we are. Uh, I think this is just who we are. That's a good way to put it. Um, the team that we started as, I don't think, was uh, indicative of the way that this group can play, and I think that the last seven, eight, nine games is uh, what we needed to get back to. And so I think that this is this is our group now. I think that we found our balance, found our confidence, and found our swagger as we put it last year. So I think that that's back, and uh, we're going to be uh, coming out of the break feeling pretty good. What couldn't you do when you were injured? What's that, sorry? What couldn't you do in the net? You kept playing, but you were uh, It was more like playing the puck and stuff like that, any kind of rotational stuff. Um, uh, recoveries and stuff like that. Any time that I just had to like turn my body, it was more of a. So you could go straight to the shooter, but it was. With, you know. Yeah, it was any kind of desperation. So as long as I didn't give up a rebound, it was great. <laughs> as long as there's no rebounds, yeah. So yeah, it was just something that needed to be nipped in the bud. Okay. Better to take two weeks off than two months off. So. Just quickly on the game, Cam. There was. I mean, you guys controlled the play for most of it. There was a, a stretch there in the second where you had to make some big saves and uh, sort of lock it down, and allowed you guys to get the momentum back in the third. I mean, that's uh, we came out pretty, pretty hot, and we got some big goals early. So uh, you knew that they were going to have a push, and um, that's what uh, I'm there for. If we need us, or if we give up some chances, I mean, it's my job to keep us in the game, and and uh, you know, give us a chance to, to find our rhythm again. So I think I uh, did a pretty good job. Uh, staying focused and making those saves near the end of the period there and giving us a chance to come up and finish it off. Thanks, Cam. Yep. Read that, Cam Talbot. Thanks a lot, Brendan. All work, work in the room. So Talbot 
little more information on his uh, upper body injury that it kind of uh, prevented him from rotating his upper body the way he would have wanted. So, I mean, good point. Missed two weeks instead of two months. He's been very good lately, making the saves that he has to make. Uh, one deflected by him on a Montreal power play tonight, but the Oilers do win it 4-1. Rob, before the game, we did face-off trivia. Mm-hmm. For a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Inspired by the caller we had from Anuvik last game. Yep. And then Jack Michaels and I were talking before the game about the uh, lack of daylight at this, at this time of year. Jack, of course, used to work in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Name one of two Alaskan-born players currently in the NHL. I have no idea. I knew Gomez was a player that but he's, was, he's not retired. in it anymore. I have no idea. I heard you guys talk about it on the way in. Did you hear the hint? Yeah. That well, Cassian played the Grinch with one? Sam Gagne. Brandon Dubinsky. Oh, okay. There well, you actually, yeah. Brandon Dubinsky and Nate Thompson. Colin knew that answer. So there you go. Oh, good for him. I, yeah, I had no idea on that one. It's a good, uh, good piece of trivia. It is. I mean, have you ever been up there? I've never been up to Alaska. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I look forward to sometime getting up there. I know that they usually have alumni events that go up there and play. I I usually have an Oilers game and haven't been able to go up there, but I know that guys do go up there and really enjoy it when they do. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Travis on the line. Travis, thanks for calling. Hey guys, Travis Jennings here, um, coach of the Calmar Cobras Adams team and Calmar there. Uh, uh, wish you guys a merry Christmas and every uh, person in Alberta except uh, Rachel Notley. I hope she gets a truckload of coal on her lawn there. Okay, anything else? <laughs> no, no, I just want to uh, want to talk about the Oilers there. Uh, in the summertime, I was thinking about, uh, I think it was pretty obvious what they needed. They needed a, they still need a right-shot defenseman and, uh, and a right-shot scoring winger that can play on the power play on the left side. A test who's there, but it's, I don't think it's enough. Um, I was drooling over Marchessault all last year. Uh, he had a hell of a year, and he's still uh, cheap on, on the salary cap. And... Uh, then when the summer came and he was available and then Vegas picked him up, we could have got him for like a second rounder. And now all of a sudden he's worth something. And Could have we though? It, I mean, just rem- it, just not to be argumentative, but who's coaching Vegas and where did Marcheseau come from? Do you think that coach would have told his GM to give up Marcheseau for a second rounder? I feel like you could have got anybody off of there when draft time came. Yeah, but the thing about uh, Gerard Gallant coached this kid and this kid scored 30 goals for him and Gerard Gallant is not thinking future he's thinking present he's like okay I got a kid I know this guy can score I know our power play is going to be better and I I agree with Reed there I think Gerard Gallant's walking in and say do not do not move this guy because this is something that we can work with yeah yeah he's a little bit uh well he's like 26 27 years old I mean if they were going to start from scratch but now they're liking their team, and they're going to move forward with what they have. But if I was Shirelli, I'd still be by the phone just in case they try to do a fire sale. But other than that, I want to talk about the Ottawa trade, uh, or, well, a possible something if, if they're going to move anybody. And I think uh, you said, who would they trade for Hoffman? Well, why wouldn't I? Like, I think Yamamoto is going to be a while. Like Marchessault, Marchessault is kind of heavy on his feet, but not too many small players making the league. The way he was pushed around and thrown around, other than Johnny Goodrow, that kid's a freak because he keeps distance and space between people. I think there's going to be a while before Yamamoto's good enough. So I was thinking Yamamoto, uh, Strom, and maybe even uh, a second pick or first rounder. 
Take out him. Well, see, like my my point, like Rob, I think Rob's argument was saying you'd have to trade a good roster player. My argument would be is that I think Ottawa is trying to get rid of salary. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe yeah, you could trade a prospect and a pick. Two and a half million. Strom, he's at two and a half million. And he's a right shot guy. They don't have too many centermen that are right shot. I think, I think have, have a scoring winger, another scoring winger, and then a pick thrown in there if they were really open up. I think you're offering an awful lot, though, for Hoffman there. You're giving up two. Well, actually, you're giving up three first rounders because Strom's a first rounder. Yamamoto's a first rounder, and you're throwing in a first rounder for Hoffman. No, no not a first rounder. Sorry, like a second or like in an upcoming draft. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still I like Yamamoto. I want to see him play here. So, I want Carlson. I well, want Carlson. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? There's you know what? 30 Dry-sidle? teams that want Carlson right now. Dry sidle for Carlson and Jean Pajot. You'd have, have him on oh, the third you'd have line. To give you, more. Third you're, line. You're, not getting, you're not getting Carlson. You're not, they're not going to give Carlson and a player up, and just you're just sending Dry sidle back. I mean, Carlson's in the top He's one five, of the top seven, five players in, in the, the world. Yeah. 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 Travis, uh, fun talk. I'm sure we'll be talking more trades uh, as we move closer to the deadline. You're our finish the play contestant tonight. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Courtesy of Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Got some jump, and their goaltenders made some good saves in this Rentler now, his fourth NHL game, fell down, turned it over to the net. Rich shot. All right, that's a chance for Drake Kajula. Did Kajula play his university hockey at Princeton or at North Dakota? Oh, North Dakota. Absolutely, Travis. Merry Christmas. You win finish the play tonight. 9 o'clock, quick headlines, more of your calls, more post-game reaction. Oilers win 4-1. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Oxford's Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Final score, Oilers 4, Canadians 1. Edmonton has won four straight. They're up to 17-17-2 on the season. They've won three straight at home to get to 8-10 and 10 at Rogers Place. They're 7-3 and three in December. Leon Dreisaitl had three assists tonight, seven assists in his last four games. Connor McDavid, uh, McDavid, <laughs> Connor McDavid blocked a shot late in the game. Looked like off his right instep. Rob did not finish the game. Todd McClellan announcing afterwards, though, X-rays, fine, expected to play in Winnipeg on the 27th. That's the Oilers' next game. Well, that allows us to all have a very nice Christmas because if it was any other type of news, then it would not have been a nice Christmas break for for Oilers fans. But they get to go into the break now knowing their team is on a roll, playing very good hockey, and their star player who left the game with an apparent injury is fine and will be back when the Oilers resume playing some big games against the Jets and the Blackhawks. 780-496-0063. We have Greg standing by. Hello, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Well, it's good that uh, McDavid update because I was searching the Internet for that. I was like, oh, my God, that can't happen. But anyway, um, <clears throat> i got a couple of disagreements with some of the callers here, first off. Um, I think the last 10 games the Oilers have played pretty decently. You know, they got they chased two Vesna goalies. Um, you know, lose a couple of backups, and even the national game, I thought they, you know, played a better game. But um, they're playing better, and uh, not only that, um, um, you're not trading Leon Drysaddle for for an Eric Carlson or a defense like that. You're not you're not trading a big, strong defense or centerman that 
that the Oilers needed for a long time. Look at the decade of darkness. Um, we needed centers. Now we have centers. Now we're talking about trading. Well, that's not going to happen. We have we have a good enough team right now. They're going to be able to get out of it. They're playing better hockey. They're looking like the team they 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 were last year. And um, you know, you have those bandwagon fans that that jumped off. Now they're trying to get back on. You know. Um, and you know what? I think the Oilers, if they play this way for the rest of the season, they'll be okay. But besides that, I also want to know um, what you guys uh, want to talk about and what you guys think about the game tonight. Well, yeah, we kind of gave a summary earlier. I mean, I thought the Oilers were the better team. I thought the thirty minutes, first thirty minutes, they were quite a bit better. Montreal, you know, got a goal, certainly woke up a little bit, and then. I still thought Edmonton was the better team in the third period, and Anti Niemi robbed Drysaitel, robbed Maroon twice in half a second on that one breakaway. Gave the Canadians a chance, but I still thought the Oilers were were pretty much in control. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game, but I, I thought it was tidy enough. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, there, there's no perfect games in the National Hockey League. Every game, there's always a pushback by one team, and, and you weather it. Uh, you need a save or two. And the Oilers got all those things tonight, and it was the, the game that they needed to, to play, and, and they came out and did it. There's always fear of a letdown when you play against a team that you expect to beat with a backup goal, either star defenseman out, but there was no letdown from the Oilers. They came out and played very well right from the start of the hockey game and got the two points that they needed, and they certainly deserved. And, and we should say, anybody who just uh, tuning in, I mean, obviously Greg mentioned he just heard the McDavid update. McDavid is fine. The, the trade talk that has uh, popped up on the show is pure speculation. Uh, just having a little fun, obviously. <laughs> and there's a roster freeze, first of all. We we don't expect the Oilers to trade for Eric Carlson out of the roster freeze. Well, and that's or, the or anytime soon. No, and the Eric Carlson. That's a, a neat <laughs> it's one. A, it's, it's a fun one to speculate. It's a fun on. one, and he and as you you and I were talking about, he's he's in the top five best players in the world, but he's also an unrestricted free agent. In a after, after oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, not so, this summer. The so next, you're not the next summer. Yeah, you're yeah. you're not trading you know everything that you have for him and have him leave after one year so that's one where you would hope that there's a deal in place before you make that decision all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have stefan on the line as well oilers win four one hi stefan hey how's it going guys pretty good good um first off thank god he's okay uh that would have been the worst christmas present ever for everyone in edmonton absolutely and uh, secondly, I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts are on um, in regards to our first round pick coming up this year. Uh, if you're if you're in Chirelli's shoes, um, do you do you deem that pick expendable? Because I know I know there's been a lot of trade talk. There's always you know with Hoffman. Uh, yep. I don't think I don't think Neil's on the table anymore. God no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Because that, that would be telling their their fan base that they give up. Th- this is a um, this is a good question though, Stefan. Yeah. Sorry, let me finish my, my only concern with dealing that is because there's this guy named Rasmus Dolan that yeah. we all know about and as we saw tonight things do happen so I personally would hang on to the pick but I just want to know what you guys think about it I, I think that's a really good question I and mean, we never really got into that specifically I think that certainly Shirelli would wait until closer to the deadline now here's a question Rob if, if the Oilers continue playing well mm-hmm. and they're you know, in a playoff spot by four to ten points at the deadline. So it looks like you're going to get in. Now, that also devalues the first pick because yeah. it's going to be in the in the latter half of the first round. I, I would I would never trade a first-round pick for a rental player. 
Okay. I wouldn't. And I've said that not just here in Edmonton, but I always watch all these teams trade. At the end of the year, there's only one team that wins the Stanley Cup. So all those trades, there was years where I mean, the Atlanta Thrashers, they more or less threw away a couple seasons afterwards because they kept trading their, their, their first-round picks and, and getting guys that were rentals. They lose in the first round of the playoffs, and then they have no first-round pick coming. Uh, I, I always feel if you're making a trade, if you wouldn't make this trade at the beginning of the season, don't do it at the trade deadline. Why trade your future for a guy you're going to have for a month and the chances of you win the, the, the Stanley Cup is 1-16? in 16. So to me, it doesn't make sense. So what if it was for a guy who was under contract for a year? Or two? Then, well, then that's different. Then you, that, you'd yes, change your then mind. I would change my mind because if right. I would again, if I would make the trade at the beginning of the season, then I would certainly make it at the trade deadline. But I would, I wouldn't trade first round picks for, for rental UFAs. players. I just, for, for I just wouldn't. Right. That's an interesting question, and, and I mean, it may, there may be that uh, Shirelli may have to make that decision at some point this year. But let's say the Oilers would have traded their first round pick last year for a rental, then you wouldn't have Kyler Yamamoto, who right. should be on the team next year as a second or third line winger, you would hope, right? Well, we're, right now we've got the, the San Jose-LA King game on, and LA King a couple years ago traded a first-round pick, did they not, for Sacra, who got hurt in like his first or second game with the Kings, and then in the offseason signed here. here. So and We got him for so, three so more gave, years after yeah, this one. Yeah, so you gave up a first-round pick. For a guy that had played just a couple games. back on the trade here. Traded from Carolina to L.A. for Roland McEwen and a uh, round one pick in the 2016 draft that turned out to be Julian Gauthier, 21st overall. Uh, he has yet to play in the NHL 6'4", 225-pound right winger. So he's 20, so you still don't yeah. know how it's going to turn out with him. But, but it's a first-round pick, and I, I don't know what how many games does Sacra play with L.A.? Uh, he, was, he played 16. 16 games. So yeah. for 16 games, you gave up a first-round draft pick. To me, it doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't. Uh, and you lose him at the end of the season, and he goes elsewhere, and now he's a star for the Edmonton Oilers, and L.A. is left without a first-round pick. Or, excuse me, yeah, L.A. was left without a first-round pick. Yeah. So that's why I, would, I, just, I wouldn't trade first-round picks for rentals. Fair enough. 780-496-0063. Oilers beat Montreal 4-1. The Habs are coached by Claude Julien. His comments for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Early in there, and uh, you know, the goaltender played tremendous for the first 10 minutes or so. It was good throughout the whole game, I think, uh, personally. But uh, again, I think, uh, as I mentioned in French, uh, we weren't good enough in the first half of the game. thought we picked it up in the second half. Obviously, that goal gave us a little bit of life. But uh, we didn't seem to find our legs or even our uh, momentum there in the first half. And we seemed to be uh, chasing the game more than anything else. But, uh, you know, you play two games in less than 24 hours. And you, you try and, and push yourself as athletes. You try and push them uh, as a coach to to be ready to go and uh, tonight was a tough night and uh, you know unfortunately uh, they had a good cold tender too we had some chances but uh, certainly uh, not as good of uh, chances as they had on our goaltender. Is that frustrating when you see the top two lines particularly not not producing enough or not generating enough chances? Well, as we were saying like they had some chances tonight I think uh, you know at the end of the day it's you know, if they can make those chances count, it'll make a big difference for a hockey club right now. But uh, as I was mentioning, at least, you know, they're creating something right now. Uh, I think uh, a little bit of what we talked about at the beginning of the year as a team, I think uh, just got to find a finish with those uh, with those lines, and uh, hopefully uh, that'll help us out a lot. 
been tough to finish, and, and for Patrick, it's been a tough goal. Is there any advice? I mean, what does he have to do that he's not doing to start scoring like he's uh, known for? Well, there's no doubt. Mentally, it's a challenge. You know, uh, as, I, as I was saying, you know, he gets robbed in Vancouver of pretty well a sure goal, and then he scores a nice goal, and it gets called back because of an offside, and then he's being challenged right now mentally, and I think that's where you got to be strong and just stick with it here, and, and eventually we'll go in uh, as a line. I think we need them to produce, so all they can do is keep working, keep creating those chances, and hopefully the, uh, the tide turns a little bit for them, and, uh, and they start getting some breaks. Defensive breakdowns tonight. Uh, what, what, what do you think about Lernout's game generally? About who? Lernout. Lernout, Lernout had a tough night. Yeah. No doubt about it. I think uh, we all saw the same thing. And, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, seen him play. He's played for us last year, and uh, we know he's capable of being better. Just a tough night for him tonight. Scott Johnson work in the Canadians' dressing room. That is their head coach, Claude Julien. The Canadians go to 16 16 and 4 on the season. The Oilers go to 17-17-2. You know, no Shea Weber, obviously, for the Habs. Uh, they were talking about Lernout on defense, who had a tough night. I, I'm not overly fond of the Canadians' defense, Rob. They're six points uh, out of a, a wild card, seven out in their division. Price has been playing well. I know they've done better lately, uh, but I, I think with that lineup, th- they're going to be in very tough. I, I agree. I, uh, they don't. I, I don't know if they have enough uh, jam. I mean, I love the, the the game of Gallagher, but I don't know if they have enough players like him. I think without Weber in the lineup, it takes away from obviously them defensively. But he is their power play guy as well. Yeah. With the big bomb that he can create things from the back end. Uh, Price is the the great equalizer though. He is so good that they can win games one nothing two one with him back there, and they have that in the past. And they did win a game seven five in Vancouver, but I mean that's (laughs) a little bit. Well, that was against a very badly beat up Vancouver Canuck team. So no, I agree. I don't. I don't know if they're and the one two that and I watched him real closely tonight was Druan, and I know he's a very young, skilled hockey player, but that trade is looking to be, as of right now, to be a, a very costly trade for, for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, trading a forward for a defenseman in this market, we know all about it. Yeah. And, you know, how does it... And, and, and what is, it's, how do you say, Sergachev? Sergachev, who went to Tampa Bay. And he's got more points, I believe, than Drouin. Like, he's having a fantastic... And he's a 20-year-old defenseman that's playing 20 minutes a night. That, ooh... That one may come back and cost him. And Duran, when he had the puck tonight, I thought he was dangerous. But then he looked uh, bored when he didn't. Well, and that's why, and I think, I mean, Nugent Hopkins got a start tonight without getting a point. And that's what we've said about his game. Now, A, he's tied for the team league in goals with McDavid. But that's what we've seen with Nugent Hopkins this year. He, if he doesn't have the puck... He's he's near it, or yes. he's covering an open guy, or guy, or he's supporting his his teammate. And to me, that's been the biggest stride for mm-hmm. Nuge this year. And that's what makes the team uh, successful. And that's why the team's playing very well right now. Is is the the unselfishness of the team, the the doing the right things when people aren't looking, doing the right things when you don't have the puck, and. There, there's no cheat in their game. There was cheat in their game earlier in the season. Yep. And they were trying to, to win by playing easy, and it wasn't successful. And I think right now, uh, and you can go around the National Hockey League, there's a lot of players that, uh, I mean, Tarasenko was here the other night. When he didn't have the puck on a stick, he was 
terrible. And I don't know if Drew was terrible, but he he looked dis- the one he caught. That, okay, that, and that that actually, amazing. when I was I've been around the game forever, and I always thought, okay, I've seen just about everything. But tonight, I can't remember who flipped it. I think it was was it Ben? I think it was Jordy Ben flipped the puck in his own zone. And the thing was, I mean, almost to the scoreboard. It was high. He flipped it, and Drew at center caught the puck on his stick. And I'm like, up, I'm like, okay, that is cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it really doesn't do anything, change the play or anything, but that is really cool to be able to do that and, and not easy. So uh, that was probably the best thing that Trent did tonight. Uh, I hope that he gets his game going because I, I well, remember when he was in Tampa. Very young, I mean, and he's skilled, incredibly yeah. skilled, and he makes plays happen when the puck's on his stick. Uh, but when your team is not playing well and the Montreal Canadiens, when they're struggling, it's because the little things aren't going right for them. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Carey Price, and I hope that the, the, the Montreal Canadiens do get going in the right direction. I believe the NHL playoffs are more exciting the more Canadian teams are in it. The Oilers trying to climb at the moment. They are four points out of a playoff spot. Their next game is Wednesday, December 27th, when they visit the Winnipeg Jets. We'll have it for you. 4.30 face-off show. The game will start at 6. Rob, always a pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Have a very safe and fun holiday, and I hope Santa's good to you. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. Also want to thank Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. And our studio producer back at 6.30, Jed, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. Both those guys work very hard behind the scenes. Okay, you can get more on the Oilers page on 6.30Jed.com. McDavid, x-rays, negative, is expected to play against Winnipeg on Wednesday. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Dry cycle, three assists. Oilers beat the Canadians 4-1. My name is Reed Wilkins. Merry Christmas.